0: How many of you, anybody in here, uh, fan of like either spy movies or spy novels or like spy documentaries? Any uh, anyone kind of sort? Of, you're like, I don't know if we can say that in church. I, I, yes, I like spy. I like, I like uh, spy movies. I like all those like Mission Impossible movies, uh, World War Two documentaries. I recently read a book on. The spy ring that under General George Washington during the American Revolution—really fascinating. The reason we like these—there's a reason we like these stories. We like spy stories or spy novels, or many of us do, because it is this unrelenting search for the truth. You're trying to actually find out in these stories what's actually taking place, what's truly happening, what are the real plans, right? We wanna expose what is fake and actually get down to what is real. That's what I wanna try to do this morning and ultimately what God wants to do in the hearts of every one of us is get down to what's actually real, what's actually true. The temptation for every person this morning, myself included, each one of us, is to believe lies all the time. The constancy of the enemy seeding lies to throw us off of what a true real, meaningful, powerful walk with Jesus actually could be. And so constantly there are lies being seeded, things that are not true, things that may seem real to our eyes but are not rooted in truth. Even experiences that we have had that are creating thoughts and beliefs that are not rooted in truth. They're not aligned with what God Says, And all through the word, God is graciously calling out the thoughts and beliefs that we carry that are not rooted in what he says. And so the question is, what is it that you see? What is it that you hear on a regular basis from the outside world? And from the things in your own hearts and minds that is actually rooted in truth. And what are the things that are actually rooted in falsehoods? This is the battle. It's to begin to ask this question, how much of my life is functioning on the basis of deep-seated truth or deep-seated lies and beliefs? That's the center stage for the fight or for the battleground this morning, that if you and I are going to walk in true freedom in Christ, then we've got to be willing to get our hearts and our minds aligned with what God says is actually true, because there will be many things that are happening across the earth that are not rooted in truth and it's bringing destruction to people's lives. And God is here in this moment to say, don't let your life be rooted in a lie. Don't let your heart be set on a belief in something that is untrue. Those are the things that bring decay to us from the inside out. And if you and I want to walk in freedom, it's going to become critical for us to take intentional steps to root ourselves in the truth, And so what I want to take, uh, I want to take a quick moment this morning to do is just to look at um, the scripture. It's actually the f- well, at least one of the first recorded spy missions in human history. And so I want to set this up in Numbers chapter thirteen. Here's what's happening before we go there. Moses, by the grace of God, has led people out of captivity and slavery in Egypt. And they have been brought towards this land that God had promised them going all the way back to Abraham and said, here's what I promise I will do for you and I will keep this covenant with you. But the people keep turning their hearts. He leads them out of slavery through the Red Sea and it doesn't matter because, candidly, they were just like us, really stubborn, Okay seeing the greatness of God, but they kept turning their hearts away. And so God said, okay, well, here's what's gonna do. You're gonna wait in the desert for a generation before I'm gonna allow you. Now, listen, I'm not gonna not take you to the promised land because why? I promised it to you. I always do what I tell you I will do. But I am gonna root out some of the broken things in you. So you're gonna stay in the promised land. So as they come, the, that 40-year window comes to an end, and it's time for God to bring his people into the promised land, Numbers chapter 13. And the Lord spoke, verse one, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Oh, I love a good spy story. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man each one a chief among them. So 12 tribes of Israel, 12 men going into to spy out and to see this promised land, to take a look at it. Numbers, so we're going to jump down, we'll have fast forward through the story. Verse 25, at the end of the 40 days, these spies returned from spying out the land. They came to Moses and Aaron, to all the congregation of all the people of Israel in the wilderness at Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation in Showed them the fruit of the land, and they told him, "We came to the land which you sent, uh, you, which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit." However. The people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. Verse 30, but Caleb quoted, quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are... Uh, well able to overcome it. The men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. They brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. Jump down with me to Numbers 14. Numbers 14, verse 5. By the way, it's more grumbling than complaining. Verse 5, Numbers 14, 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of uh, Jufana, uh, who were uh, among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through uh, to spy it out, it is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. What a powerful report. By the way, then right after that, all the other people say, well, let's kill Joshua and Caleb. Stone them, is what they said. It's the most amazing, one of the most amazing stories here. 12 men go in. They're looking at what has been promised to them. 10 come back and go, yeah, it's amazing, All 12 of us agree, this is incredible. God has beautiful, powerful promises for us. He's gonna do what he said he would do, but it's way, way, way too hard. There's no possible way. And two, say not only is it what God promised us, but he's gonna do it. He's gonna take us right through it. Not afraid of the giants in the land. That's all right. There's giants. They're too strong, too many fortifications. It's a death trap. We don't want any of it. I grumble and complain, and literally say, they literally say, We want to go back to Egypt. I'm, I'm amazed that God sends spies in to the land as if. God needs a report on what's happening. God's well aware of the lay of the land. Why is God inviting 12 men to go spy out the land? Why is he inviting these people to go see what God had promised to them? God is ready to deal with the area of what they see and what they believe. What he wants to begin to do is to root out of them the place of unbelief that is saddled. They've saddled in their heart, that sits on the throne of their heart meaning both groups, the 10 and the two, can look and go, hey, there's something amazing that God has for us. But one says, no, here's the truth. There's no possible way that we're ever going to be able to overcome. I I don't care that God has promised it to us. I can tell you what I can see with my own eyes. It's never going to work. And there were just two that said, no, we can see that God has promised it. And if God has promised it, then that is what is true. And we want to base our life off of what God says versus what I see with my own eyes. I kind of personally love the comment that Joshua and Caleb make. Yeah, they're giants in the land. They're bread to us. That's kind of sweet. This is a spy. Somebody needs to make this spy movie. All right. They all do the same thing. I'm just going to jump right in because the easiest thing in the world to do is for us to come before the King of the universe, give our hearts to Him, be, uh, have all of our sin removed off of our lives, be draped in the righteousness of the Son of God and stand before Him and then dare to say things like, my marriage is doomed and I'll never be free and I'm a fraud. And I'm never going to amount to anything. And I'm always going to struggle with this. There are things that are coming out of our mouths that are counter to what God is saying about you and me. And God is so loving and so gracious. He wants to root out of us the broken thing that we do, that we're believing in, that is, that is not true, not aligned with what is true of his heart. What is it that you and I believe that is not rooted in what God says about you? About what God says about Him? You and I hear the lies all the time. You should probably give up on that. Give up on this hope. Give up on that home. You're doomed. Your children are doomed. Yeah, things are going good now, but you better watch out for what's around the corner. You ever heard that? No, you have. Yeah, it's going okay now, but just wait. These are the thoughts that live, if you will, rent-free in our minds. They just get to take up space and residence all the time, trying to convince us to give up, that's where the battleground lives, over our minds, discovering like a spy in the night. What is it that's actually true? And so this is the question. How many thoughts and how many beliefs live in you that are not rooted in the true words of the God of the universe? Because if you and I want to live lives of freedom in Christ, we cannot any longer bow down to the lie of the enemy. It's time to, with intentionality, pick up the word of God and allow it to have its say in our lives. God knows the battle. He's well aware of it. Romans chapter 12. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal, the renewing of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, what is perfect, meaning... God is standing ready to offer to us fullness of life, his will, what he will do for us. Not the promise of perfect circumstances, but that through every high and through every valley, he is good and he is leading and he is giving and bringing life and peace and hope and the fullness that that we all have in him. But you and I aren't going to experience it by believing and listening to everything the world is saying. And just newsflash, the news is usually speaking what the world's saying. Now, I'm not saying stick your head in the sand and not be aware of what's going on in the world. I'm saying what narrative lives alive in you? This is the word of God and his promises? Or is it what the news would have you to believe? And there's, listen, there's chaos going on in our world. But God sees it all. He sees, if you will, the giants in the land. God sees the giants in the land. He's unfazed by the giants in the land. And he has promises for you and for me. And it's time for us to ask that question. Am I going to conform or will I come to God and have my mind renewed? I'm gonna be honest with you. I think in 2023, this is like daily, daily, all right? I'm on on Twitter for five minutes and need a shower, okay? It's dirty and gross and broken and evil and vile, But God's not afraid of it, and God has promises for us in and through it. Because there's promises for everyone. If you're in Christ this morning, if you've reached out to Jesus, you have promises that are so far beyond anything you could ever cook up for yourself. And he wants to lead us there. But it's going to take stepping back. And putting ourselves under the place to be renewed in what God says about you and what God says about himself. It's a voice of truth and it's leading to life and God's ready to give it to us. But it won't come by listening to the rest of the world. So the question is, how do we step into it? And again, we get beautiful Reminders all throughout the scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, meaning we're here, this is real, we're going through real life. We all felt it this week. We're walking through a very real life. We walk in the flesh. We are not waging war according to the flesh or the way in which the world operates. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but what are our weapons? Have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Jesus Christ. Now, this is packed with truth. God's laying this whole thing out for us. If you want to live as free men and free women who are functioning in the fullness of what God purchased for us in the shed blood of His Son on the cross, then this is where it actually begins is to step into the fullness of what the truth of the Word of God is saying. Number one, it says, listen, I'm in a war, and the war is not the flesh, but it is over my thoughts and beliefs. That's where the war is being waged. This is where the battle lives. What is it that you believe? What are the thoughts that get to live fully in your heart and mind? That's the question. And then two, here the scripture says, is you and I have been given divine power to pull down strongholds. Now, I believe that that scripture would indicate that you and I have power to begin to to pull down and take down and come against every thought and belief that lives in us. But hear this. I believe we get to carry the spirit of God everywhere else we go and we are meant to pull down strongholds in this city and in our workplace and over politics and art and all of the other places we would love to see the kingdom of God come. The battle, by the way, not flesh and blood, but what are we doing? We're pulling down strongholds in divine ways over the hearts and minds of people. Because when this is all said and done, every government will crumble and every piece of art will vanish. And what will be left are people's hearts and minds. And that's what God wants. I see the chaos of the world. And it's easy to be, by the way, angry against the chaos of the world. I'm I'm starting to have compassion for people that are deeply broken and far from God and asking God to change and transform minds and hearts. But it starts with us. Asking God to tear down lies. I have divine power to destroy strongholds. What's a stronghold, by the way? Just a set of thoughts and beliefs that have been given full access to our minds and hearts. So the stronghold, what, what are the strongholds we're pulling down? the lies that get to live on a regular basis in our minds and hearts. It says we destroy. And then you and I walk in freedom when we begin to intentionally take every thought captive. We say, what is the wrong thinking in me? What is the wrong thinking in me? what is the thing that I believe? I'll never overcome this. I remember um, uh, when I was in fifth grade, I I grew up and my parents had us in private school, sweet school, loved it, godly, Christian school. We did the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and then we did the Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag and then I think we did a Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible. I mean, we were all in, okay? (laughs) Okay. And I'm going to just be honest with you. I ruled that school. I mean, I was, I was awesome. I was, I was the tetherball champion, third grade. Just, just being honest with you. That's who your pastor is. Um, but my, my parents, I mean, they were they, amazing, but they couldn't afford to send us to private school anymore. So I, in fifth grade, I transferred to public school, public school. So I'm just kidding, I love I'm with you public school teachers, love you. But it was, uh, I was introduced to heavy metal and cussing, it was amazing. And um, (laughs) my world is upended, but I actually had uh, some memories I forgot literally until I was in my mid-30s driving down a highway with my wife. What happened is I went from my awesome tetherball champion self in my little private school into this public school, and all of a sudden I wasn't the cool kid anymore. And uh, I was a little off because I was the one that didn't know all the things and wasn't cool. And, and I, I remember being like, I, I'm kind of cool, but I'm like second. I'm not in the cool status anymore. And I remember fifth grade, thinking. I'm second rate. I'm just like second tier. I'm not in the cool tier. I'm second. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I lived years upon years upon years with a deep-seated belief that I was second rate. And you know what you do when you think you're second rate? You try to perform the hell out of your life. And you perform you try to show how awesome an athlete you are and you try to show how cool you are and all of a sudden you're living an entire life trying to please whoever's first rate, whoever that is. And I believed it. until We, I was, we were driving on the loop in Abilene, Texas, which takes like 12 minutes, but we were on the loop. And I was, remember talking with my wife. She was in the driver's seat and I remember saying that out loud and she goes, that's an, that is an ungodly belief. Is that, that's not what God says about you. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. That's not what God says. I've been living a lot of years under this, and we're driving down the highway. I'm like, here, and I'm praying and just renouncing and confessing. And repenting of believing my whole life, I'm second rate. Game changer. What lives in you that isn't rooted in truth? About you. What lives in you that isn't rooted in truth? About him. What needs to be pulled down? What thought needs to be taken captive? And telling it to obey the Son of God. Because they're likely, it's possible, I'm here to put that on you. But what I have found in 22 years of full-time ministry is most of us tend to walk with some really broken beliefs and thoughts that are not rooted in the truth of God's word. And it's stealing our freedom. And we just happen to have a kind king who's waving his arms through his word to say, do not submit to a yoke of slavery again. Come up and meet with me. I have more to say, but it's time to begin to land the plane. We're going to take communion together. We do this on the first Sunday of every month. It's an important way. And I think, honestly, I can't think of a better way to bring the lies and unbelief in our hearts and minds to the Father through the finished work of the cross, the blood of Jesus shed for us and the body of Christ broken for us so you and I could be free today. So um, here's what I want to do. Would you guys stand? I going to finish. in a moment I'm going to invite you to come to receive the elements to receive the bread the body of Christ that was broken for you and to receive the cup which is the blood of Christ that was shed for you to usher in a new covenant in a new relationship to actually usher in our full freedom freedom forever but freedom now I'm not going to, if you don't feel comfortable to take communion, you don't have to do that this morning. But uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you to do that. And to remember that he was broken so you don't have to be, and his blood was shed so you could be free. That's the promise given. That's what we will celebrate. That's what we will declare and treasure this morning. want to read this psalm over you, Psalm 27, that I think is so powerful, especially for a week like this. The psalmist comes and says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Lord, we just wait on you to receive from you your promises and your truth over our lives we choose not to believe the lies of the enemy or to allow ungodly beliefs and thoughts to have its way in our hearts we confess them in fact I just invite you we have two minutes I want you to confess anything that's you believe about yourself or you believe about God that needs to be broken we confess and we repent, meaning we just turn back to you, to the truth. What do you say about us, God? That's what we want. To re- that's what repenting means, turning back to what Jesus says. We choose to walk in that. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come down the middle aisle to come and receive the elements and to be able to go back to your seat. You can receive the elements anytime you're ready. Once you... Pick up the bread and the cup. You can take it at that moment, or you can take it back to your seat and take it while our team is singing over you. I'm gonna give you freedom to receive and to take the element whenever you want. Our team's gonna sing over us, and we're gonna receive the truth of God's heart for us through body and blood. You're released to now come down the middle to receive the elements. Thank you, Lord.